where we talk about all things Premier League and Champions League. For this episode, we have a special guest with us here today. Uh, hi, I'm James Chami. I'm a grade 11 student and a fellow football enthusiast. We also got the usual podcasters. I'm Dia. I'm Ornav. I'm Mustafa. Ahmed. Okay. This episode is going to be quite interesting as we have a lot of things to talk about other than the matches as well as uh, FIFA World Cup. To start off, we had uh, an interesting game last night. That was the Liverpool and United game, big rivals of the, uh, the Premier League. So, Mustafa, uh, you are an avid Manchester United supporter and you're also the analyst for this podcast team. What are your insights into this game? Well, I mean, I, I, there's not really much to say about Man United. I mean, this is a game where you don't need any motivation from anyone. You should know this is the biggest game in English football. And you should know when you go in that, especially when you're playing at home, that it's unacceptable to lose. To lose in general, but to lose in the manner that we did. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was like, it was men against boys. It wasn't... Uh, Liverpool completely dominated everything. And I think the... The way we set up our team, I think Ole like lacks in in football knowledge, which is I know it's crazy to say since he was an ex football player and now as a manager, but I, I think he lacks the insight to see how he should set up a team, especially defensively. Okay. The the defense was a shambles all game. We for some reason Navigator for the first I think three goals, he he was main like catalyst in the I don't know he was involved in the goal. In all three goals, and he was open the entire half, and we did nothing about it. I don't, I don't know what. Like, I, I'd love to know what Oli was thinking going in that game, picking the team that was losing two 0 to Atalanta. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ahmed, you are the Liverpool supporter. Let me hear your That's perspective. You too. Okay, yeah. we, get, we, get <laughs> yeah, we got, we got two Liverpool. Fans. Okay, okay, we got the guests. So, so Ahmed. before we go into the match, yeah. me and James, uh, us as a group, mm-hmm. they before the. A few hours before the match, we made a bet here. The scoreline, we changed it. Me and James changed our predictions. We thought 5 0. As, as Arnold over here thought we would completely lose them. You know, it's all Trafford, so you guys would win. I thought it was, you know, a gamble here. Yeah. I thought we're not going to win 5 0. I thought 2 0. But you know what? I went for top, top 5 0 straight away. And I was right, completely right. I, I couldn't imagine we would win this much. It, it was. It's not a football match here, we're just playing practice. It's just a practice game, friendly match. Yeah, Arnav, you have something to say? I mean, it was quite disappointing, let's be honest about that. I think we as fans, when the fixture list comes out, the first game we do look forward to is playing Liverpool. Whether it's at Anfield, whether it's at home, even bigger than City, the first thing I do is look at when we have Liverpool. And I think the players and the manager didn't show that excitement, didn't show that energy in them to go out there and compete. I mean, you would expect them to actually show up for this game. You know, we, we talk about Arsenal here, and we talk about how they're not a good team under Arteta, but look at what they do against Spurs. You know, it's a derby. They show up. They know how much it matters to the fans, and they kind of put their foot down and go up with their attack. You know, it just went like, I mean... Also, one thing I need to say, I feel obligated to say, is that I really want to know, I would love to know who sets up our team defensively, who is our defensive <laughs> coach. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to make any jokes or anything, but the, the way that we conceded all of our goals were, were disgraceful. There's nothing to talk about, especially in a game of this magnitude, to play that badly, especially Harry Maguire, who's supposed to be our captain, our leader, the, the vocal part of our team. 
and he, he was he was there. He was like a little child on the pitch. Yeah. He was letting everyone run past him. Everyone shoot. He, he left up so much space. You see, the problem is first goal we had. It was Salah, and then you have McGuire. Was it? And then I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have. It's a one v two here. What is he supposed to do when half of his midfielders are just at the back watching what's happening at the front? It's it's completely yeah. It's his fault too. He should have done something about it. But it's not only him we're talking about. Yeah, he's the captain. He's supposed to bring defenders together at one. I still think since day one he's been at Man United. I think he's been an overrated player. Yeah. What do you so much, but no, 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 I'm not gonna. No, 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 no. To be honest, you paid how much for him? I don't I, care how much. No, I don't think you can go up there and call Maguire overrated. Well, I, I don't think I understand the whole 18 million and how you Liverpool fans going that we bought Virgil for 75. And I know fans called him kind of like an exact signing, kind of what he would do. But I mean, he's a really good defender, just not for the price we paid for him. Right? I don't think he's overrated by any sense. And also, last year at Christmas time, he was one of the best centre backs in the, the world. Time. So you can't tell me he's been overrated. Okay, this season, this season. Right? I don't care if we lost this season. Season. You have conceded how many goals? That's not his fault, that's but, all his yeah, fault. That's, that's all his fault, but at the same time, he's still our, your captain's defender. He's the still a defender that's supposed to control the match. Yeah, that doesn't come down to his skill. That I feel like, I, as I was watching the game last night, the huge issue, if you're looking at the Man United players' faces, their morale is the lowest I've ever seen in, in any international football. Even if you have these little teams, say it's like Aston Villa going up against uh, old Man United, for example. Right, you they, you still have that that um, that fire inside of you, like you're playing football passion. out there. It, yeah, the passion, exactly. Out there, they just look like, uh, oh, I guess we have to do this. And a huge issue roots from what Mustafa was saying is Ole not being, in my opinion, the right lead for that team. He's not supposed to be a manager in general. He's he, what he's doing, just signing players and then just letting them play. Yeah, and another thing, if you look at if you look at what Jurgen Klopp was doing, they were still up five 0 and he was still like beating down on his players. Like he was, they were so clinical in that first half. It was crazy, and even in that second half, when everything kind of dipped a bit lower, he was still so hard on his players, telling them to keep precise. And that's something that Man United need, but they lack right now well, because so they looked like a bunch of fifth graders on that field. One thing I want to touch on, which I touched on a little bit earlier, was that the team selection that Ole chose against Atalanta. This was the exact same team he chose, no difference, yeah. And we were losing two 0 at halftime. And then the team that saved us from a loss there was the substitutions that he did. He brought on Pogba, he brought on uh, Sancho, he brought on he brought on the players that should have started. Yeah, and then I don't know. I think I don't know what his train of thought was, but he then chose the exact same team to play against Liverpool. It's I, like he didn't learn from it, right? No, yeah. I, I, don't I don't think, think he learns from he his mistakes because you can't, you can't, like, you can't see that against first half. Against Atlanta, we were terrible in the first half. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was the team that he chose again. So I, I don't know. Maybe he wants to get sacked. I don't, I don't get it. But the, the 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 team selection, I was I was bamboozled when I saw it. But. Okay, one thing we should talk about. The red card from Pogba and yellow card from Ronaldo. It wasn't the red on Pogba. Anyway, I don't. I know we lost and I know it didn't really make a difference. Yeah, in, I don't. Uh, as a Liverpool fan, it's not a red it, card. It still is. He, he kind of didn't go for the ball. He might have like the angle of it from the bar and everything. 
It's still a foul for sure. He's okay. injured. It's a foul. It's, it's a yellow one, not the red. I, I think it's a red. I would like to Wait, wait, wait. On what basis? Man, if you if okay, let's let's go to our video. Let's let's go back. He's trying to get the ball. He slide tackles and then instead of hitting him with the ball, he hits the player himself. Ahmed, no ball fast, contact. How yeah. fast is he slide tackling, yeah. man? He has a split second to know where yeah, to put okay, his Yeah, okay, I get it, it. But there's no ball contact, no matter what it is. There was. He did there was ball contact. contact. It, on, his, on his left foot, there was ball yeah, contact. The reason the, they called the red was because his right foot was, was a bit, uh, was the halfway above the ball. And to be fair, I'd give that a yellow, but on the on the short, on the exact basis, that he has not even half a millisecond to know where to put his foot. And he misses it by an inch, like you're giving him a red. That's, that's not how they calculate fouls, first of all. Second, it's not, it's, it wasn't even a foul of the start. That's of literally what the, what the ref said. Though. It was, it was not, it, it was not supposed true. to be. Yeah. It was not supposed to be a foul from the start. He got the entire ball. Maybe the follow through is a bit dodgy, but it shouldn't have been a foul at all. When I was, I, I thought he gave a, a foul to us because I thought Navigators that I was, I, I, I didn't understand that how he gave a foul. To us. Okay, let me just link back all of these yellow cards and red cards. Uh, James, you had mentioned about morality, yeah. about how the United's morality right now is like, you would say, an all-time low. How do you think a team that United can bounce back? One, the Champions League is still on the table. We are still going to qualify to that. However, how is, in terms of Premier League and Champions League, how is United going to bounce back from this? <laughs> okay, before we say anything. Let James speak, bro. Amara, Amara, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I think, um, I, I don't think there's any better way to put this but that team has to be get disciplined man like they have they have ronaldo at the helm right i'm not even gonna say all they have ronaldo at the helm i'm not even joking and then but if you looked at ronaldo's face all throughout that game he looked the most disappointed even when he scored that goal which was not counted even when he didn't know that he still looked disappointed it's what almost like you what do you want to do i mean yeah yeah you know and like i understand that but like you need someone, someone in that team. Like you're asking, how can they get back up there? Yeah, yeah. you need someone on that team or just someone in that vicinity to try and help. Because morale is like a butterfly effect, right? If one person has it, it's gonna start to spread eventually. Maybe not soon, but eventually. And I think they need that figure, whether it's in a new coach or Ronaldo himself. To add something to what he's just saying, yeah. <laughs> I want to. I would. I would love to see what he, what Oli told the players in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. same. Yeah. Something, yeah. something, something, uh, that, I, wait, something that I wanted. I expected it because you know, like I was just waiting for halftime. I know we were losing four 0 There was no yeah. hope, but I just wanted to see. I was interested, intrigued to see what's gonna happen in the second half. I thought at least Oli would like tell them something, or so I don't know what he told them in the dressing room. But one second or a couple of seconds into the second half, Bruno does a a very stupid tackle that gets him booked. Which obviously, I, I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been a yellow or anything, but he should, he, he should have, like, you're supposed to calm down your players. One minute into the second half, he does a very rash tackle, which I think he, maybe he could have been a red, I don't know, at some point, I don't know, but it's like, I don't know, I, I think he should discipline his players, like what James was saying at halftime, because you can't, <laughs> I just, I don't know what he, what he would tell them. Yeah, I agree with that. And maybe... Just maybe Ole is not the right man to discipline. I mean, you bring up Ole, yeah, and I think it's been a good 15, I know, it's been a good time since the game has gone on. And, you know, United have been silent on this whole matter on Ole. You know, normally you have journalists coming out saying Ole is backed by the board. There's some positive PR done by the club. 
and at the moment it's complete silence. So there is an indication that something is happening behind the scenes. We don't know what it is going on, but there is a sense of belief that board members are talking about getting a replacement for him. For sure. And I think it is really crucial that I mean I think I think United are waiting for this one of games to end, for the Spurs City and Arsenal to end. Because I don't think they want to send a new manager into this type of a mess. They might want to send him into a run of games that's quite easy and then the hard ones stop. But then why send a manager that was originally such high caliber into the same games knowing that in a similar scenario we can't perform? He can't improve them in a few d- days. Just you Yeah, I mean, what's going to change? Big six no, but, but you, can't, you can't implement your system in a couple of games, and especially not against Spurs. First of, all, first of all, Spurs are not a good team. So they, we should beat them with all your... I'm sorry, body. we lost to Aston Villa and no, no, I'm, 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 so, I'm just saying... I mean, our like, standard isn't that high. I'm even. just saying, in a, like, generally, uh, Spurs are not a good team. They got, just yeah. got beat by... Who was it? I forgot their... Which team? West Ham. West Ham. West Ham. Yeah. 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 We're better than West Ham. No, we, should, we, should, we, should, we should be beating them with Oli or without Oli. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. You, can't, you can't say managers of... For example, let's say hypothetically, bring Zidane in. Yeah, Zidane's not going to care if he... Like, he already knows that... It, like, he's going to get an easy ride for the start, even though he's playing tough game. Because after those tough games, you have 10 easy games after each other. Uh, so even, like, I think even if he's playing hard teams or easy teams, Zidane, a manager of his quality, will be able to implement the system quickly. I don't, I don't think that's a valid point. I think regardless if it's... Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fine. I think regardless if it's uh, big games or big teams or not, when, you're, when the team is at this point, everything is a big game. Like, everything, yeah. you need every win. Or you need every uh, opportunity. So what? What's our goal this year? We're definitely not winning the title. Is it top four again? That's that's I not think what I'm saying. Is. I think, I think you, I think you, you staying top five. Yes, yeah. top five is, is a real achievement for this year. What? I don't know. No, no, no. 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 I don't. I don't top think. Top five. No. Yeah. I, I don't think you're. I don't think it's a shock. Top five and top four. What are you? Really you got no. a good team. You got a good story. With Oli, you can't get first or. You, last year you we got second. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say last year we are the last year best got second place. Not Five, bad, 15, but this year with the. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. So I think I think two two. Right. I mean, one other person we, is happy is Van de Beek. He wants him gone as well. So I mean. <laughs> okay, we've been talking about managers of high caliber, about having a style of their own. Let's talk about Crystal Palace and Patrick Vieira. I mean, Patrick Vieira, as we all know, is an awesome legend, an awesome captain, and he has been asked to come to Crystal Palace and take over from Roy Hodgson um, and kind of save Crystal Palace. I mean, he has done a really good job, you know. Um, he has drew against Arsenal, drew against Leicester, beat Spurs, which is no surprise, but he has done really well. And I think an impressive part of it is that he's kind of changed his playing style. Uh, over the summer, he bought six players for around £78 million. They're really good young players who are coming in. And I mean, their average uh, sc- uh, squad age has dropped by two years from it. Now, just a few comparisons. So, last year under Roy Hudson, Crystal Palace had 39% possession. And this year under Vieira, they have 50%. Same with the passing accuracy has increased, the short passes have increased, the build-up attacks have doubled. Under Patrick Vieira, I mean, I think they're a very underrated team right now. I, I think, think they are. I think the style of play has proved that. And one thing that you should take into account against the last game they played, they didn't even have Zaha to start. Yeah. And I think in my my opinion, their player of the season last year is a I think easy. I don't know yeah. his name, but he, he's been injured. 
And I think I think when you put those players back into this team, they could they could they they could they could be a scary team. They're not scary as in like title or yeah. top four, but they're yeah. gonna be like that mid table like good mid table team. I think maybe I think, make into the top half. Yeah, I mean that should be a realistic. I think I think one of the biggest spots of his play is playing from the back. I mean we have the, the underdog. I mean, yeah, I mean, um, if, you, if you look at the goalkeeper, out of the 48 goal kicks they've had so far, 33 of them have ended up inside his own box. Yeah. And it's the whole style of play with the young players he's got and with them driving forward. I think it's the old Arsenal way, the way Arsenal used to play back in the 90s. He's kind of got that, some part of it in Crystal Palace, trying to use that part of it. If you look at it, like, I mean, even their high turnovers. Last year, they were 14th in the league for high turnovers, and this year, they're 7th. Like this improvement on so all very early though. I know it is really early, but I mean, you have had the big games go away. You have played City, you have played uh, Liverpool, you have played Arsenal, you have played Spurs, you have played Leicester. They've played City yeah, and they've lost. Yeah. It's not even that. Uh, okay, no, they've not played City. They are going to be. We're going to be breaking the game. Regardless, I think on the games, there City. seems to oh, be yeah, momentum yeah. with that team. Like, with their no, new playing style. That new player, yeah. uh, Conor Gallagher, I think. Is oh, he's is. amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's another good... He's a Chelsea loanee. He's at Crystal Palace on loan from Chelsea. Yeah. And that, that's another player to add to Chelsea. He's already a very good team, so... Yeah. Okay. Um, also, aside from Premier League, FIFA in general has been having a lot of, uh, I guess, discussions about a new way of hosting the World Cup. Ahmed, if you have some information about that. So, as you know, usually World Cup is four years, yeah? That's right. So, they've been thinking about changing it from four years to two years. They've been thinking about it for a while now. So, as we know, next year is the World Cup in Qatar. Qatar, yeah. Qatar, yeah. In December. It seems so, man. <laughs> for us, yes. For us, <laughs> no. For, the, for them, no. But then they're trying to change it into two years. So it's it's something big. I, personally, I do not like it to be two years. Yeah, it's a great thing. Brings people together and everything. But I think it should be every four I, years. I think the magic of the World Cup is how much people wait for it. I yeah. think like ever yeah, since yeah. Yeah. ever since the final, like uh, Croatia versus France, I've. Since that day, I've been looking forward to the next World Cup. And I know, yeah. I know absence makes the heart grow cold. Yeah, 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 it's like I know, I know it's like I know it's tough waiting for a competition like a very good competition. But I think if they make it two years, I think first of all, the first thing they're looking at is more money because the World Cup brings in a lot of money. So I think they're looking into bring money. But also, I don't think we'll have the same quality of football because players will be overplayed. Because not only do they have club football, they have the friendlies with the international team. They have the Euros, the Nations, Nations League, League now, yeah. The, and the Copa America for the South American players. They have there's so many games now. I don't think they. I know players get paid a lot of money, but I think for them to make it two years, they're removing the magic of the World Cup just so they can, just so they can get more money into their pockets. Yeah, I think there's a there's a certain prestige that comes with the winning the World Cup and holding that yeah. title for four whole years. It won't like, be the same. Though. Yeah, it won't be the same. And also, then, how yeah. much would the teams differ in two years? So, like, we yeah. had Germany win, and then the next World Cup, they aren't of the same standards. Yeah. They, they, wait, did they go to a group stage? Uh, did they pass group stage? No, no they didn't. I think, I think they one didn't thing, get group stage. The four years actually gives teams time to develop. You know, during the four years, like, you're giving teams who aspire to be world champions, you're giving them four years, maybe a runner competition like Nations League and yeah, Euros. Yeah. You're giving them a time to get the young players in ready for the World Cup. And I think if you have two years, I'm not sure, but I think 
teams will, they, you might see a bit more dominance happening between countries rather than a lot more kind of underdogs coming I, in. I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that really makes any no, I sense mean, to I me. I mean, you look at World Cup, I, I, you pick I mean, your best players. I understand, understand, the young I understand players what you mean. I understand what you mean as if like, yeah, they're, they're not going to give time for other teams to catch up. But I think the whole point of making it every two years is to switch it up. Incorrect, because like, I don't know, for example, there's this curse. I'm pretty sure every team that wins the World Cup next year, the next World Cup, they always fall out the group stages. They yeah. do. They, they do. do. Yeah. So it's it's been a close going on. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, don't, I think, I don't know how to explain, but I don't think it's good that, like, I don't think it makes sense for you to say, oh, because one team's going to dominate. I mean, I, I kind of look at it like a Brazil dominated for a very long time. So, even with the four. But I mean, they had young players coming up every single time. It's not, they have hit a point where they don't have that talent coming in every time. I mean, when you, when you, when you get, I mean, they do. They have. They, they have. do, but on a, on a World Cup stage, I mean, they haven't really performed in the last couple of years, have they? We, if you remember, not like they used the, to. Not like they used to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially when you have Fred in midfield. Well, under twenties, <laughs> under twenties, who won the under twenties? Uh, was it? Under twenties or the Olympics? Actually. Olympics. Yeah. Olympics was won by Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. On penalties against Spain. Against Spain. Against yeah, Spain. Against Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is something big. They have youth players that are good. But I think Brazil. Brazil won the. I mean, down. I wouldn't. I wouldn't count Olympics. They even won in twenty sixteen. Half the clubs don't send. I mean, Liverpool didn't allow Salah to go to Egypt I to the Olympics. Exactly. I mean, should he have played? You might have seen them. I, 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 I think uh, Salah or without. I mean, Salah. I think Salah would kind Salah. of in that type of a team in the type of teams are in the Olympics. To win it, come on. I, we, I don't think we'd win it, but at least we'd be. You'd get somewhere. You get somewhere. We yeah. went somewhere without Salah. Yeah. We passed group stages. We won Argentina. Remember that game? Yeah. Once we once we won them, we passed group stages. We're past. We're round sixteen. Yeah. We passed that. Well, okay, fine. We're in the quarterfinals. We lose that. Then I think you know, uh, another thing diverting from the players when it comes to the World Cup is the difficulty of actually getting a World Cup class team together. Yeah. Like, yeah. even in four years, some managers have difficulty. Like, uh, look at Gareth Southgate. He only managed to properly get that team together by, like, two years later by the Euros, or three years later even. And then, if you shrunk that down with two to two years, like you were saying, with all the other international uh, competition going on, you would only have so much time to properly gel that team together. Yeah. So I think that's another thing that would kind of mess up the, the ranks in a sense. You know, I mean, we're, talking, we're talking about the World Cup now, this is just a fun fact. So England in the 90s, when they played in the Euros and the World Cup, at that time the manager had made a statement which said that by 2020 in the Euros, they would reach the final. And by 2022, they could end up becoming winners of the World Cup. Okay. England is a good team. Yeah. England has undoubtedly. I literally think this this year, next year, I mean, is the year where they might win something, something big, because there's be the the future. Would it be with the help of Harry Kane? Or do you? I don't think. I so. don't think. Do you think, 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 think this is the first time a new striker might take help? I think. No. I think. I think. Harry Kane has been the captain of that team. There's no way he's going to drop him for I mean, should his form drop down against? No, but if the World Cup isn't tomorrow, is it? It's it's next year, yes. Yeah, you, have, so you have the entire. Yeah, but who is gonna replace Harry Kane? Russia. Can we? He's a German striker, but uh, I mean, 
There's Calvert Lewin, there's Bamford. I mean, the way City play with no striker, I, I could generally see England adopting something like that. Why well, Hakim's been decent for England? I don't know why we're even talking about yeah, this. I think no, okay. I mean, yeah, I think we're getting a little bit away from the, the biannual World Cup. Yeah. So let's, okay, we'll still be watching this World Cup if it does happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. If it does happen, yeah. yeah. We'll still be watching it. It won't mean as much, but we're still, yeah, we're still watching it. So let's pace through the predictions now. Right, so the first prediction this week is Leicester versus Arsenal at Leicester's home ground. Uh, should I start? Yeah, uh, you can uh, Honestly, I've been very impressed with Arsenal. I, I know they haven't been against Crystal Palace and against Brighton. They're a bit of off days, but I'm, I'm, I'm quite... Ever since they lost 5-0 to City, and especially after they beat Spurs, I feel like they got all their players back fit. I'm very impressed with Arsenal. I think they're now on the same points as Man United. They're, <laughs> They're, they're, they're doing very well. I know I predicted the draw, but I think I might change that. I think Arsenal might win. Okay, your scores? 2-1. Uh, 2. Arsenal. I'll go 3-1 uh, maybe to Arsenal. Uh, Oof. To Arsenal. I'm going to draw. I think, I think it's written. I think it's written. I don't think it's happening. So, so origi yes. originally I said 2-1 to Leicester, but yeah. then... <laughs> But then thinking about it, about what most of us said, like Arsenal have been kind of fixing their stuff lately, so I'm going to go 2-2 two, two draw. I was going to go like that as well, 2-2 two, two draw. Uh, next game is Manchester City and a team we talked about, Crystal Palace. Palace of domination for sure with Man City. Man City? Yeah. How much? 3-0. No, I mean, I, I am very impressed with Crystal Palace, and I think they have, they have a good future going for them, but I don't think... Right now they can beat Man City. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they, I hope they prove me wrong. <laughs> prove me wrong, but I, I don't see anything but a City win. Okay. Yeah, I think four nil. Just don't see it. Uh, I agree completely with what most of us said. So I'm gonna go three one. I'm going five nil. Five nil. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Are you, are you are you going to have a strategy now? <laughs> Why is Sonny playing for City now? He's not scoring. He's not scoring. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. Okay, next. Uh, next game is the biggest game of the week. Some would argue it is the biggest game. Um, Spurs versus United at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. To be honest, Tottenham have not been the best team so far. I think this is where United can jump back and you know prove that that they could do better than. We've been yesterday. saying that for so long. Now. Yeah, yeah. We've been I saying know, that. For I know. So it's long. it's a cycle, but I think you might break this cycle. Not soon. I'm not saying <laughs> now or, but throughout this year, I think there's gonna be improvements coming. So I think it's a Man United win one 0 I mean, I think if it was played at Old Trafford, I think we lose. But we're playing at their stadium, and for some reason, we always seem to play well away. Oh, we record is gone. That. Oh, yeah, it's gone. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, <laughs> record, it doesn't change the fact that we play well when we go away. I think I don't know. I mean. Spurs are not a very good team, Man United aren't a very good team, but we have better players than them, like individually. And I think our players will save us again. And I think I'm going to 2-1. I'm desperate for a win. So I, mean, I mean, I'm going 2-1, but I don't know if I think it'll be 2-1. Might be a draw, I'm just hoping yeah, I, for I, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost or drew that game. I wouldn't be surprised, but it's I'm just desperation it's out here. I'm just so... I'm gonna go one all draw based on the fact that uh, like Ahmed was saying, this might be Man United's chance to start kind of nearly clawing back to close to where they were. Mm -hmm. But I think the that pressure might get to them, so I'm gonna go one all draw. Okay, 
Okay, good. I'm saying 2-1 to um, Last game we're predicting this week is Aston Villa versus West Ham at Aston Villa Stadium. Score. 2-1 yeah. Aston. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. 2-1 Aston. 1-1, 1-1, draw, draw, draw. draw, draw. Oh, no, I, I, I really like West Ham's team. I think David Moyes has done an amazing job since yeah. he's come in. Really? And their, their team, man-to-man, is also very decent. Like, they don't have... Not like that one world class player, but they have a mixture of very good players, and I think their system works. I, I think they, they should win Aston Villa, even though Aston Villa being a difficult side to face. But I don't know, I think maybe 1 0 to 1, maybe something like that. Okay. I know, I mean, I criticized him for never predicting 2 on Aston Villa, and I talked back about it, but I am going for an Aston Villa win. I think, I think West Ham are just not being consistent. I mean, they get the wins when needed. But I mean, in the long run, they just aren't that consistent. I think they've had some draws against mediocre teams. I could be wrong, but I think there was one against Brentford. They had a draw. And there's just some teams where they should easily win against them, but they just find difficulty breaking them down. And I think this is just going to be one of those games. Okay. I'm going to go 2-0 to West Ham based on the fact that lately West Ham have had a lot of momentum. And like Mustafa was saying, I mean... Uh, they put a pretty decent team together. I mean, they they don't have one world class player, but they do have a team that like really works together. Also, really for well. a team that was predicted to get relegated two years ago, I think they've done yeah, very, yeah, very, yeah, very yeah, well. extremely well. Yeah. Top, so, top. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go two 0 to West Ham. Okay. I'm saying one one draw. Also, how yeah. did you say what? There's no consistency. They, they, no, they, no, 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 no. I think they won Spurs yesterday. See, I think that's that's what I'm saying. I think. It's a wave, up and it's down. It's a wave. Yeah, that, they're, exactly. they're not a top four team. Obviously, they're not going to be consistent like I know, but I think, I think the games that no one predicts them to win, or most in the general consistent consensus is that they won't win, they show up. And I think these easy games, like Brentford, I think Brighton, I think some games where we predict that based on the form they've had, they win. I just, I, I just don't think they show up in those type of games. Okay, so... Plus, this is not at home. This is away. But that doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. I mean you think if Spur- they played Spurs away... They was away. No, it was at home, wasn't it? Was it? No, no, okay. no. no, no, no. It was at home. It doesn't home, matter. Home, home, it was at home. home. It was at home. Okay, but that doesn't, doesn't but mean... I mean, it's different when you're nil-nil and so you're wait, pushing so your team for a win. So if, it was, if it was, so if it was away, then Hurricane would have tackled Mikel. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, at that moment, it was nil-nil. It was a late winner that kind of happened. All right, now we're going on tangent and we'll see next week what happens. (laughs) Okay, so that was our podcast. Uh, Make sure to follow our Instagram and Twitter page. that will be linked down in the description. Uh, Make sure to like this video and also comment down and enter the the discussion. Bring out your opinions. This has been the Penalties Podcast signing off.